Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to episode 8 of the Football Gossip Podcast. Once again, we'll be rounding up all this weekend's Premier League action from game week 7 and we'll get right into it. Starting off with the early kickoff this weekend between Tottenham and Southampton and Tottenham did pick up the victory 2-1, seeing out the Saints after being going down to 10 men within the first half. Watching the result, it's not going to lie guys, I was shitting myself for large portions of the game after we went down to 10 men I thought you know it's kind of what we've seen so often this season is Tottenham are going 1-0 up and now we're kind of we're dealing with the pressure obviously going down to 10 men didn't help and whether we think and I think if we didn't go down to 10 men and already stayed on the pitch we would have dealt with it a lot easier um, very happy to get the win um, ahead of a big game midweek against uh, Bayern Munich I think that will be a very tough um, game ahead of us as Bayern Munich have started the season really, really well in the Bundesliga and you expect them to kind of push on, so to speak, um, in the Champions League and Tottenham need to bounce back after kind of dropping two points against Olympiacos and really Bayern Munich will be kind of their only tough test um, in the group stage. So we'll have to see how we get on and especially at home. You know, last season when we faced Man City at home in the Champions League, the crowd got behind them and it made a great atmosphere and it helped the lads to push on. So hopefully we can see the same against Bayern Munich and produce a result. A couple of positives, I think, for Tottenham fans to take away from the game is, is uh, firstly, the second goal was very free-flowing, I thought. Seeing the link-up between Eriksen, Kane and uh, Son, especially on quite a, a decent counter-attack, is... Something we haven't seen at Tottenham for a while, or especially this season, with all the kind of unsettlement with it surrounding the squad due to kind of summer rumours and transfers. But I think towards uh, it was a very good goal. Um, the way they linked up very well. It was a bit sloppy, and I think maybe a better team they wouldn't have had the chance. It wasn't as clean as what you see of maybe a Man City and Liverpool kind of goal, the way they cut through teams. But still, I think a very well worked goal, and it's good to see kind of those three players that involved linking up very well. Um, another thing uh, I took from the game especially is Ndombele's performance. I think when he was on he is he does make a massive difference to the Tottenham squad. I think what we've lacked to that kind of player in the last uh, two or one or maybe two seasons that when um, kind of Musa Dembele was kind of picking up injuries and then we eventually sold him. You know we didn't have a player that was willing to take the ball forward, drive up players, uh, kind of thread passes through into the attackers and kind of drive at defences and <clears throat> something Moussa Dembele was so good at and he was really, really underrated um, in the Premier League. We haven't had that sort of midfielder. We've got midfielders like Winks that are very good at holding on to the ball, keep it moving and protecting the back four, but in terms of actually getting on the ball, driving forward, not passing from side to side, he's very good at that. And I think when he does, um, when he is on the pitch, he does make a massive difference. And in the short, you know, in the appearances that he has made, uh, two goals and an assist. A very, that's a decent return for a player that's, I think, maybe four or five appearances. He did pick up an injury a few weeks ago. What's more promising for Tottenham fans is he's not at 100%. I think when I've seen him, he does seem still a bit maybe sluggish. Like he's not really used to the pace of the Premier League and the physicality. So I think over time he is going to get better. Um, so it, it's a wait and see, but I do think that he's not at 100% level yet. I do think that he's got a lot, lot more to give and it's going to be really exciting to watch um, seeing him progress. But I think he's probably, and Mauricio Pochettino said it himself uh, a month or so ago, he's at 30 40% and, you know, he's not really 
at the top of his game, and I think he's probably still around that, maybe even 50-60%. So we're going to have to wait and see, but I'm very, very excited to see how he gets on. And we still got other summer signings to come back into the fold, which hopefully will do help us uh, progress this season. But like I said, we've got a difficult challenge ahead against Bayern Munich. You know, and, it's and hopefully help us push on because we've now got uh, Brighton away next week and then a couple of weekends after that we have Watford at home in the league two uh, I think two games we should pick up um, all three points against um, and hopefully that will help us kind of push on and get in, bring in some momentum heading into November December so I think at the moment it's looking good for Spurs I say that every week they win yeah so it's going to be a tough game uh, in midweek against Bayern Munich but going forward, if they manage to keep up this level that we saw and we kind of stop our rashness because we do have it with Aurier and we do have it with um, Stevenson Sanchez sometimes. But yeah, I think it's looking good. Maybe the unsettlement is starting to die down. And like I said, we've got still players to come back. I know Carl Walker-Peters can now fill in a right back for Aurier. Uh, Juan Foyt, who's coming back to full fitness training, he can potentially... He's uh, playing there as well for Argentina national team and Pochettino wants to see him there so it's I hope starting to look good and things are starting to go there and the other big thing to take from the game was uh, Larissa's howler it, we've seen it before from him um, you know the most noticeable one is his uh, mistake for France in the World Cup that uh, let Croatia in but at that point they pretty much won the game already but yeah to make that one all it did make it nervous and didn't fill us doesn't fill the fans with a lot of confidence knowing that he's between the sticks and he can make those mistakes at any time when he's getting a bit too comfortable on the ball. But he added time to um, look for another pass or get it clear anyway, so I think it's, he has to hold himself accountable for that mistake. But yeah, I did think he made up for it in the saves, especially in the second half. He made some outstanding saves that you could argue helped uh, helped us win the game, really, by keeping out a lot of Southampton shots and you know most notably the free kick that he scrambled across his line to save. So yeah, very, a lot of important saves he did make in the game to help us win, but it's he does have those lapses in concentration, which is a bit of a worry for Spurs fans, but hopefully we don't see any more of them this season. Moving on to the Liverpool-Sheffield uh, United match. This one was, I think for Liverpool fans, I think they're mainly feeling a bit relieved. Um, there were large portions of the match where they didn't look like they were going to score. Um, I know Marnie hit the post, but and one album's goal that was their first shot on tar target. 70 minutes gone against Sheffield United. You would expect them to be registering quite a lot of goals against, or quite a lot of shots against Sheffield United, but didn't seem to pan out that way. But I think the one good thing for Liverpool fans to take out of that uh, game is we've set, um, a lot of obviously pundits say it with other teams that um, that win the league or go on to win the league is they're getting results. Even when they aren't at their best, I mean, Liverpool were very lacklustre against a Sheffield United team that you'd expect to, for them to, you know, bought, uh, smash out the park. But they're always going to have weeks where they're not going to be at the top of their game. Nothing's really going for them, especially going forward. Um, but yeah, they kind of say this is, you know, the thing of championships to get results, even then when you know, don't deserve them. It's like the kind of scrappy 1 0 wins that, at the end of the day, still give you the three points and help you, you know, stay on top. And that's what the you know that helps them to reach a six uh you know 16 uh, league win in a row. Um, I know they they have got a very tough test against Leicester next week. Is at home, but Leicester proving a very difficult side to face. 
Spurs learned that and they've just smashed Newcastle 5-0. Um, you know, some of them are, or some people are asking whether they can be title challengers this season because they are up there. But I think it's a bit too early, uh, personally, for them to be talking about Leicester being title challengers again this season. You know, they did it with Watford last season when I think their first four games, I think they won or got, you know, 10 points out of four in the first four games as well, beating Tottenham when doing that. And they were, asking, they were kind of talking about Watford being potential child challengers. Um, but yeah, that, we, we all saw how that panned out. But I think I don't think it will be the same for Leicester because I think they're a lot stronger than Watford are last season. But I do think they're up there, probably breaking into the top four. I reckon they will break into the top six, seeing how they've gotten on, gotten on already. But still a long season ahead of us. Um, they do look a very exciting uh, team going forward. And I think, you know, one of the things I said at the start season was their inability to replace Maguire but that Soyuncho is looking a very very decent centre back and he does um, he's very good he is a pretty much a very modern day centre back in the way that he's calm on the ball he likes to play it out from the back he's very good with the ball at his feet a good passing range and very good defending as well for such a, a short a centre back that not the biggest in stature not the tallest he does defend well against kind of more physical players so I think he does fill Leicester fans with a lot of hope at the back because he does seem to be a very decent centre-back and this is his first full season um, for Leicester. So I think he'll only get stronger and stronger each game. But I do believe Leicester will impose a big challenge uh, against Liverpool next weekend and it'll be interesting to see how they get on. I think it'll make for a very good game. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers going back to uh, Anfield. I don't know if that's the first time he has since he left, but... It'll be very interesting to watch, and it should make for a really, really good game. Very exciting game as well. But yeah, I think um, Liverpool fans will be kind of filled, or more relieved, if anything. And yeah, like I said earlier, um, it's kind of the proven the finger champions. Maybe this is Liverpool's year, and when they're not at their best, they're still picking up results, even if it is a scrappy 1-0 result that you'd expect them in the game to win. I think getting a result like that, away from home, scrappy 1-0, not at their best, you take it any day, and it's start. They're the results of champions, really. So, I think possibly with Man City, how they've looked so far, this could be Liverpool's title winning season. Speaking of Man City and Merseyside teams, uh, Man City beat Everton 3-1 on Saturday in the late kickoff uh, at Goodison Park. Man City um, in the first half didn't look at their best. Uh, definitely turned it on um, in the second half. Going on to their first goal with um, Gabriel Jesus, I was saying last week about how um, De Bruyne's positioning in when he kind of steps five or ten yards off that 18-yard box for a, you know the wing right wing or right back to cut back or kind of cut a ball, ball back in order for him to loft into the box and goes into the same area each time and you know this time Gabriel Jesus was there to finish it rather than Aguero or Sterling. I think look and the way he hit the ball because he's a lot closer than what he usually is. And he just doesn't put much on it. He just gets his foot really well under the ball, gives it loft and just curls it to the back post. A really decent ball in. And I'm starting to think, is he the best crosser that we've ever seen in the Premier League? I think there, I did see on Twitter, it's like the argument, who's the better crosser, De Bruyne or David Beckham? I personally think it's De Bruyne. Because um, the positions that him and David Beckham would get in that area are very similar. But instead of, obviously, David Beckham was a right mid and kind of Gary Neffer was making those overlaps to let it back for the ball in. This time it can either be, in this case it was Mares, but it can be a Carl Walker, 
Bernardo Silva to cut back and then for De Bruyne to get the ball in. But I just think he's got more of a crossing range. You know, I'm not saying David Beckham can't do that. I'm just thinking De Bruyne's a crossing are pretty much on the money every time. Um, and for me, I think he is probably the best crosser in the Premier League or the, the Premier League's ever had. And I think I <clears throat> said, especially at the start of the season, that he could be, you know, the player of, or certainly the PFA player of the season. And he's starting to, he's starting to look at, you know, he's, I think he's got eight assists in seven games and he's got a handful of goals as well. So I think it is going to be his season. And I think if Man City do go on to win it, win the title this season, he'll be the man to, uh, well, he'll be solely down to him because they still look a bit rocky at the defence. I think Guardiola will be annoyed with how their goal went in, um, how they conceded, um, shall I say. But, you you know, you do have to think they are playing with a makeshift back two of Fernandinho and Otamendi. I know Fernandinho is not a natural centre-back and Otamendi is not a natural footballer. So, But it did look quite messy um, and I think he will be concerned because it's quite an easy goal to concede and against... Uh, for me, a side that doesn't produce much going forward. Um, Everton, they're lacking kind of their main striker. I know Calvert-Lewin's there and he's got a couple of goals this season. And Moise Keane has yet to register a goal in the league. And I think Guardiola will be concerned as it's quite an easy goal to concede. And against a team that isn't offering much. Um, you know, When he faces kind of a Liverpool squad, Chelsea with Laporte and kind of stones out. And you do have those, that back shift back too. They are going to, I think, give more teams opportunities to score and against a better opposition so I think they'll find themselves leaking goals but the second half they definitely turned it on and Maris's free kick was brilliant um, an amazing free kick whether Jordan Pickford could have done better got his, got down a bit lower um, I think he didn't really take a step to the right I think the way that Mares curved the ball around the wall I think it just made it a bit tough and it took out of kind of Pickford's eye line and it you know came in late and did have a lot of pace on the ball and it, I think it was a very decent free kick. But Man City were kind of deserved to take all three points. And we'll see how they progress for the rest of the season. Uh, but at this moment in time, I think it is going down to a two-horse race with maybe Leicester there. But we'll have to wait and see. Still a long season ahead of us. And uh, still, I don't think I'm regretting saying Man City will win the league. I think if I had known that Laporte would have been injured and Stones would be out and... Him having Fernandinho and Otamendi is back too. I probably would have gone with Liverpool winning the league. But like I said, it's still early to say. But I don't know whether I'm changing my mind about Liverpool winning it or not. Because last season, uh, coming to Christmas time, you know, Liverpool had a nine-point lead and managed to fluff it. So maybe they'll do the same this year. But I don't know. I just can't see which way it's going. I think it would be definitely a two-off race. And I think it would be probably... And it even came down to one point, so I can't even say it's going to be tighter than last year because it's going to be a very interesting uh, end to the season and it's going to be brilliant to watch yet again. And moving on to the Sunday kickoff, as I mentioned um, a little while ago, Leicester smashed um, Newcastle 5-0 earlier, looking like they could be the team to break into the top six. I know a lot of people have said it, maybe breaking even to the top four, seeing how kind of the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea and Tottenham and especially United have got on already. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I think they were, out of all the teams from the best of the rest last season, I think they were going to be the ones that push on. They didn't necessarily strengthen their squad um, that much in the transfer window. I know they brought in um, Jose Perez, 
Um, but they kind of stuck with a squad really that they had last year. You know, had that kind of spine of Yuri Tielemon, uh, Ndidi, Madison, Vardy, um, instead of Maguire. Now you've got Soyuncu, who I heard earlier, big, quite a big fan of. Um, and I think all the youngsters as well have kind of come on leaps and bounds. You know, Chilwell, uh, Ricardo, very, very good right back. You've got Hamza Chowdhury coming through. Harvey Barnes is all as well made a very impressive start to the season but I do think um, I think it will be imperative for Brendan Rodgers um, to keep Jamie Vardy fit and make sure he doesn't pick up many injuries um, because it, I think once he does get injured I think he'll face a similar a similar situation to what United have at the moment in the fact that they haven't really got that back up to their kind of main man you know with United we I called it earlier or a few episodes ago that what happens if you know Martial is going to be out because he's going to be he's he's known to have his injuries and maybe Rashford to be out at the same time or pick up a suspension what are they left with um, you know at the moment you know, they're kind of left with Jesse Lingard and Mason Greenwood and I'll get to that in a minute before I preview the Arsenal Man United match but I do think it is important that um, they make sure Jamie Vardy's fit for the season you know he doesn't doesn't pick up that many injuries so hopefully. Fingers crossed for Leicester, he stays fit and they can have a very successful season. They might even have a cup run in them. I think that would be something to, if I think if they they broke into the top six and had a decent cup run, maybe make it to the final or win silverware something this season, that would be a very, very successful season for them. And Brendan Rodgers has done an amazing job um, since he has uh, been in charge at Leicester. I think they've picked up, since he's um, took charge like 39 points or something like that. Uh, very, very impressive. And two teams that only taken more points since he's been in charge as both Man City and Liverpool. So they are up there and I reckon they'll have a very decent season. Um, so yeah, they'll be a very exciting team to watch and hopefully they can push on um, just to show everyone else how exciting they are. And I think James Madison is going to be, this is his breakout season, I think, as I predicted before. Head of Monday's match uh, between Arsenal and Man United. It looks to be, I don't want to say an exciting one. Um, I have fought for many seasons now, or last, especially last two or three maybe, that the Arsenal-Man United fixture isn't as exciting as what it was. Um, I think, you know, there has been a loss of quality, shall we say, in that fixture over the years. And it's just not what it was, you know. It's just not what the fixture was when Vieira and Keane were in the middle. And that was a battle. That was brilliant to watch. Now between Xhaka and Matic, and you're just like, oh, what's the freaking point? Um, and I think it will be a tough game for United. You know, they've not got Pogba, not got Martial, not got Rashford. It's going to be very, very tough for them. Whether they go give Mason Greenwood a chance, uh, be a very big big game to kind of make his first time in the Premier League against Arsenal um, but he has proven he scored in the Europa League and in the FA Cup but whether he can do it in the Premier League is too soon to tell but I do think they're heaping on a lot a lot of pressure on him at such a young age and I've, I've always not been a fan of fan expectation and pressure on such players from such a young age because you see it happen all the time and they never live up to it you know, you see it with Jack Wilshere, he had that, Theo Walcott for Arsenal, you know, they put all this promise on youngsters and they never make it into fruition, and it's just, they just feel kind of a letdown to the fans, and 
I kind of see it at Tottenham with this Irish lad, Troy um, Parrott. You know, he does look a very decent striker and one to replace Harry Kane in a few years, but at the same time, I don't want to see him under that much pressure. He should be allowed to grow as a player in his own time, and I just think you just got to give him time to gain experience, or make his way in his career even, and just see him progress naturally and not put so much pressure on him because, you know, I guess the saying goes, you know, you either do two things when you apply pressure, you either crumble, you make a diamond. So, But I just don't like to see it, <clears throat> and I think especially from Mason Greenwood, I think he has got a lot of pressure from United fans to be their kind of next big thing. Obviously, you know, with United's history, they're expecting someone to make, you know, that club is what it was again. Um, but I do think that Arsenal will go and win it quite convincingly. Um, I think they probably will dominate large possessions uh, of the ball. And I think that Oli will kind of look to just break on them a bit. I don't think that... If I was Solskjaer, I would start Mason Greenwood up front ahead of Lingard. Um, because if you put Lingard there, you're not going to get a goal. <laughs> Simple fact. And it would be a good stage just to try him. I think that Oli is under a lot of pressure at the moment. And with both, you know, Rashford and Martial out, it, you know, it's maybe time to take a risk with it. You know, he is playing, he'll probably play James as well on the right. He'll probably play maybe Lingard off of Greenwood and probably play um, Pereira maybe out on the left. But we'll have to wait and see. I think he'll probably stick with McTominay in the middle with maybe Fred, um, but yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting to watch. I do think Arsenal win it convincingly. I think Aubameyang will probably get two goals. I think he'll have he'll probably stick to Lindelof. I think maybe try and get on him. He might even put him on um, Maguire because we know when he's turning, he's not the quickest, and when he's running at goal, he is still not the quickest. So maybe putting over Pepe or Aubameyang on him putting pressure, trying to run in behind, it is going to make it very exciting um, for Arsenal fans, that is. So I think Arsenal will come away with a convincing victory. I'm going to predict Renal Arsenal. Uh, that might surprise a few people, but I just think Man United aren't going to create much without Pogba, Martial and Rashford. And I think seeing how Manchester United's defence has been when it's been under pressure and against lesser teams... They've not done so well, um, but yeah, for me, I'm going to go 3-0 Arsenal. That's all, guys, for episode 8. Um, we will be back as a duo once more, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. But you guys know the drill by now. Let us know how we're getting on. Please let us know in the comments and the feedback what we're doing well, what we you think we should do better at. And the same as well, if you want to keep up to date with all the latest football news and gossip in the football world, you know our social medias by now, at podcast underscore FG on both Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.